Hey guys, welcome to the C1 Church Podcast. I pray that this message encourages you, builds your faith, and helps you go after Jesus. If you'd like more information about C1 Church, please go to our website at c1.church. Enjoy the message and be blessed. We're actually walking through the book of 1 Corinthians right now. If any of you have read the book of the book of First Corinthians, it's not the easiest book to preach out of. Sometimes it's not the it's not the most heartfelt thing to to read from time to time, right? It's important. It's absolutely important. It's absolutely relevant in the church today, but it's it's hard. And you know what? It's just as hard. Like the messages Ryan's preached already in this series are just as hard for him to preach as this for us to digest. So. We're going to get into it. I mean, and it's going to be where it is. And you know, and if and if it, there's an issue, Ryan will be back next week. Um, I can give you his phone number if you want. I'm just kidding, y'all. Can get over here. I'm not going to do that to the man. I love him to death. Um, guys, Ryan, Ryan and his family are out today, so you're stuck with me. My name is Nathan Tosh. Um, I'm one of this. I'm one. I'm one of the staff pastors here. But I know. I know you guys know me. This is for everybody that's watching online too. But. Um, Ryan and his family's out today. Ryan had the pleasure of getting to getting to marry his father yesterday. His father got remarried. If you, if you weren't familiar with what was going on, but he, he had the pleasure of getting to marry his father. That's very that's, that's special. It's also hard because you get you he's watching his father marry another woman that's not his mother. His mother, if y'all don't know, his mother passed away a few years ago. But this is a this was a God thing for him. This is she's she's an amazing lady. She got to visit our church a few weeks ago. I got to visit their family. You know that. I'm, I'm happy for Ryan's dad, and I'm happy for Ryan. Lord. But, guys, we, we need to pray for their family. Pray for this new marriage. Pray for Ryan and his sisters because this is hard for him. Just as much as they're happy for him, this is also hard for them. This is a new change. This is a totally different thing after 30, 40 years of their lives that, that they're having to accept that there's, that there's somebody else in their house, right? Or in their daddy's house. But, I mean, it's a God thing. God, God knows what he knew what he needed, and he sent her for him. So, guys, as I mentioned earlier, it's been, a, it's been about three weeks since I've been here, so... Pardon me if I yawn on stage. Pardon me if uh, if I if I if I lose my words or lose my place a little bit or I ramble just a hair. It's been a little bit since I've been out of the house. Um, if y'all don't if y'all don't know, we, we had a baby about three weeks ago. He's three weeks old uh, last Friday. Um, Emily and Noah are doing fantastic, guys. I want to say thank you so much for your support, what what you and the love you guys sent our way. Y'all, y'all are fantastic. Thank you for the prayers as well. It wasn't your ordinary first week home, I will say. We all got home from the hospital. First thing that happened, we got sick. Wife got COVID and strep. I got strep. Fantastic first week with a newborn trying to figure out a baby, you know, how that works. And then, uh, oh, wait, we're sick. I don't even know how to take care of myself right now, much less the, this baby that, and not get him sick as well. Luckily, God protected Noah. He didn't get anything. Uh, we're all good now. But guys, it, it was an interesting first week. So we'll get into this next section of, uh, of Church in Crisis. This, like I said, this has been a pretty tough series. There's a lot of crazy topics, a lot of tough topics, but each one of them is relevant to the church today. And this one's like not, none, none, like not, like all of them. It's just as, it's just as relevant. Um, but let's be real for let's be, be real real for a minute. I'm talking to the church today as well, not just, not just the societal issues. These issues are just as prevalent in the church house as they are outside of the church house and society. We expect it outside in society, and especially in the godless society that we live in. We expect these things. We think when we clo- go in these church doors that these things aren't issues anymore sometimes. 
they, they, they fall away. People are just, are just as afflicted with these issues inside of the church house as they are outside of the church house. But you know what, and that's because the devil is, is sneaky in the way he attacks us. He likes to attack us in, in the things that we, that we like, the things our bodies crave. And today, it's, not, it's, it's just like all that. They're hard to digest. It's, it's often offensive to talk about these topics. There's a lot of topics in, in 1 Corinthians that's offensive. In the, church, in the church today, I don't know if you're aware of it, we don't like to offend people sometimes. And you know what? I'm sorry, but if it's in the Bible, I'm going to speak it. If it's, uh, if it's in the Bible and it offends you, it's a you problem, not a me problem, right? Because the Bible in its very nature is offensive in a way. It's offensive to sin. So if you're offended, there's probably something that's speaking to you and kicking back, going, hey, I don't like this. I don't like this, but it's okay. We're, we're, we'll get through this together. You just had to bear with me. And like I said, Ryan left me a doozy today. He left me a good one. He always does this. He likes to leave me these, these, these when he leaves, and I think he does this on purpose sometimes, but you know what? I, I give him the benefit of the doubt today, but we're in the section of Corinthians that talks about sex in the church. They're just going, we're going to rip it off like a Band-Aid, sex in the church. Got quiet, right? That's one of these taboo topics that we don't like to talk about in the church house, right? Most churches don't talk about it anymore. It's, we just throw it out there and go, you know, it's, it's in the Bible. We're just not going to say it anymore. Um, but it's, uh, it may get uncomfortable when we, go, when we read through the Scripture. But we're going to keep it real. We're not, gonna, we're, not, we're not throwing blame. We're not throwing anything out there at anybody. It's not about anything. It's, we're just about what the Bible says and why it affects us the way we do and why, and why it affects our journey and why the enemy likes to attack us with, with this. Because right now we have churches all over the nation hoisting banners and flags, affirming these things, affirming the sexual immoralities, affirming these problems and accepting it. That is not okay. That is corrupting the church. That is corrupting what, what God intended for the church to be. Because, you know what, if we, if we affirm your sin, that means we accepted your sin. And we don't have the right to accept your sin. We don't even have the right to forgive you of your sin. It's only Jesus Christ that has that right. Only God has the right to forgive you. And I, can't, and I, can, I can accept you, but I don't accept the sin. That's the, that's, how we, that's the mentality we're supposed to have. But it, it's just wrong what we see today. We see churches everywhere accepting homosexuality in the church, accepting, accepting transgenderism, accepting the swinger society, accepting polyamorous marriages, accepting you name it. It's probably it's, it's in a church somewhere. There's a church that, that you know, we're okay with it. We're okay with it. You'll find one. If you look hard enough, you'll find one. We're, we're going to stand on what the Bible says at, at the end of the day. We, and, it, and it's not trying to swing that out there like it's, like it's a bat right now. But let's be realistic. The devil likes to infiltrate, has already infiltrated our society. We live in a godless society. But he also likes to infiltrate our churches. He, likes, he loves nothing more than infiltrate our churches and undermine what is being said and take, and take away the power and the wind out of ourselves because... Because he doesn't want people to know the truth. He doesn't want people to know the freedom that comes with that comes with salvation. He wants it to be. He wants what comes out of our mouths to be corrupted, because he can easily spin that corruption and take and take away the purpose of the person. Because because let's 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 think about it. He likes to he likes to corrupt us with small things that our bodies enjoy, things that we that we like, to take us away one piece at a time. And we're all gonna be adult, we're all gonna be adults here today. We're not gonna make any weird jokes. We're not gonna do anything crazy. But we're gonna we're gonna keep it keep it real and talk. Uh, we're in First Corinthians six ver- verses nine through twenty. That's where we're gonna be reading out of today. So we're gonna recap just a hair into what Ryan, Ryan read last week, and then we're gonna read through the rest of, the rest of this chapter. 
Okay, so verse 9 starts, uh, <clears throat> starts with, do you, don't you realize that those who do, who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sin or who worship idols or commit adultery or, or male prostitutes or practice homosexuality or are thieves or are greedy people or drunkards or abusive or cheat, or cheat people, none of these will inherit the kingdom of God. He didn't leave a whole lot out there. He covered the bases pretty, pretty doggone good. Some of you were once like that, but were cleansed. So there's a little bit of hope there. All of that stuff you can be cleansed from. That's, that's, that's the bonus right here. That's the good stuff. You were made holy. You were made right with God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Verse 12, you say, I am allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. And even though I am allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. You say food was made for the stomach and the stomach for food. This is true, though, though someday God will do away with both of them. But you can't say that our bodies were made for sexual immorality. They were made for the Lord, and, they, and the Lord cares about our bodies. And God will raise us from the dead by his power, and he, just as he raised the Lord from the dead. Jesus Christ. Um, verse 15. Don't you realize that our bodies are actually parts of Christ? Should a man take his body, which is a part of Christ, and join it to a prostitute? Never. Verse 16, and don't you realize that if a man joins himself to a prostitute, he becomes one with her, and for the scriptures say, the two are united into one, but the person who is joined to the Lord is, Lord is one with spirit with him. Right, verse 18. Run, so run from sexual sin. No other sin is so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against our own body. You, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You don't belong to yourself for God bought you with a high price. So you must honor him with your body. No, that last sentence, so you must honor God with your body. It's not a you should honor God with your body. One day when you think about it, maybe on Friday night at 9 o'clock, you honor God with your body, and the rest of the time you do what you want, it's you must honor God with your body. It's a very, very, very literal statement. It's not, a, it's, it's not like when you're more of a command than it is just a statement, right? Must is a pretty hefty word when you throw it in there. It's kind of like when you, when you see a contract, it's like having a shall in there, which means you ha it's, an oblig it's an obligatory thing. So we must honor God with our body. So it's only one point. I only have one point for this whole thing, and we'll, uh, and we'll go right through it. But it, the, the point is the enemy corrupts what God intends for good, but Jesus cleanses our bodies and restores us for good. He cleanses our bodies and restores. So, like I said, I think we can all agree on a couple things here. In, uh, back in the Scripture, we were told that our bodies are actually parts of Christ. We can agree on that. As parts, of Christ, as, as parts of the body of Christ, we are called to guard our bodies from the sins of the world. This sin, this sin does not mean that we won't ever be tempted. We won't ever fall, fail. We won't ever fall short. It does not mean that if, if, you, if you fail, there's no hope for redemption. It just means we should guard ourselves. And the, more, and the more we do this, the more we spend time with God, the more we repent of our sins, the more we, we spend this time, the more like Christ we become the less tempted we become, the better we become, the more Christ-like we become. 
we can also agree that God has designed our bodies as the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. It says it in the scriptures. That's a couple of easy things we can agree on real quick. Third thing we agree on. God designed sex for good and for the enjoyment of a husband and wife in the, in the union of marriage. We can agree on that, right? It's a, it's a sacred thing. It's actually a semblance of God's love for us that we, get to, that we share that bond with our, with our spouse. <clears throat> also, to en- it's just also to enjoy the unity of marriage and not in, the, not in the forms that our culture presents itself as in the hookup culture that we so, so clearly live within and the, the downplay on marriage that society has, has put out there, right? Uh, so just because society says it's okay, it's not, okay, it's not always okay. The, the enemy won't, honestly, the, point, the thing is the enemy wants nothing more than to take this little thing, that, that, this sex, which God meant for the enjoyment and the reproduction between a husband and a wife and the enjoyment between a, a husband and wife, and corrupted in any and every way possible. How many of you can, can agree when you watch the news today, you see pretty much every in any way possible that it's probably been corrupted, right? I mean, I, I'm not, we're not, we're not going to sugarcoat it. We see it. They march it down the streets and flaunt it in our face. The devil likes to be flashy like that. The enemy really likes to flash it in our face. That, hey, look, look what I did. Look what I've ruined. Look what I took the meaning out of. But at the end of the day, sex is a beautiful and great thing in the, in the eyes of God and when practiced in the context of marriage. And, I, and this isn't to shame or offend anyone. We all have our flaws. We all have, we all, we've all failed in one way or the other, and, not, and it doesn't necessarily mean in a, in a sexual manner. That's why in that, that, in that first section of Scripture, he, if you notice, it wasn't just all sex-related sins that, got, that, that Paul was talking to the church in Corinth about. But he included them in this. So, it, so it, it's viewed the same as, in, as any other sin. If you, we, we as human beings look at sin and go, that one's pretty bad. That one's not so bad. It'll be all right. Right? That's, that's what it is. Am I wrong? Well, that's how we look at it. We're like, well, I mean, it's just a candy bar. I wouldn't care if he took it. It's still sin. You still stole. And then we look at, we look at, at a couple that a spouse might have cheated, might have cheated on the other. That's horrible. That's just, that's just the worst thing ever. The reality is sin. They're viewed the same in the eyes of God because it's sin. Sin, it, sin, no matter how big or small we view it is, is an affront to Christ. It's an affront to everything God intends it to be. So let's, let's be real. Let's get that elephant out of the room. It's, yeah, it's not good. But it's viewed the same. It's sin. Every time, and every time we connect ourselves with, in, in this way with someone outside of the unity of marriage... We leave a piece of ourselves behind, and eventually we, we do this enough times, we lose ourselves in this process. We end up becoming this thing and start filling ourselves with all this junk to make, to make up for what we've given away. And then we want to blame God for casting us out. We want to blame society for, the, for our issues. We want to blame everybody but ourselves for creating this issue. And at the end of the day, we did it. And the devil, the devil's sneaky like this. He likes to slide little things in one piece at a time, just one piece at a time. Here you go. It's not so bad. Try that. Enjoy that. Here's another one. That's what they do. It's like it's like giving a kid, a kid a piece of candy. They just keep eating it until you until you run out of the bag. Then they get mad at you. I mean, that's usually how it works. Or like feeding a baby, you run out of a bottle too quick. Ooh. Touchy subject, guys. Touchy, touchy subject. <laughs> it's the truth, though. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. That's why, that's why I'm getting laughs here. Uh, but here's the thing. He isn't just the the, the devil's not going to hand you the chain of bondage and go. Here you go. Chain yourself up. 
not going to do it. But here's the thing. Because he, he, he's, he's not going to do it because he knows we're, we're not going to change. So if we see that chain of bondage, go, that's a lot. That's in the form of blue. Uh-uh. But he'll hand us one link of the chain at a time in the form of bliss, in the form of enjoyment, in the form of pleasure, in the name of fun, in the name of escape. You name it. I can keep naming things. He'll hand us one chain at a time, one chain at a time, one chain at a time, one chain link at a time. Here's another piece. Here's another piece. Oh, you really like that? Here's you two more. Um, and we don't notice it. And then before we long, we look back. And all those chain links that we put in our pocket, they're wrapped around us, constricting us, and they're bonded together. They're individual chain links that, that, were, that were solid, and he's put them together. He's woven them together, put them all together around us, locked it, locked it down, snugged it up, and we didn't even notice it because he, because he distracted us with the next one as he was doing it. He was distracting us each time, and we allowed him to do that because we took the, the, the link at a time. That's the sneakiness of the, of the enemy. That's the sneakiness of the devil. That's why he likes to slide in on this stuff. And that's why he likes to use sex as, as just as one of these things. He likes to slide in. It's fun. Our bodies want it. Our bodies crave it. Let's be realistic here. Not trying to be any kind of way about it. We, it's only natural. It's only natural. But he uses it that way. It's fun. I mean, here you go. It's not so bad. Here you go. Next thing you know, we're, you're locked into this repetitive cycle, and you don't know what to do with yourself. Not only individually we face, we face this, but we are, we are seeing in today's time more than ever in the church that we, that we have this, this problem. We're accepting things. We're going, okay, we can't beat it in society, so we'll join it. We'll, we'll be okay with it to an extent. That's not okay either. As the church, we have to take, we have to take a stance, and we can't, we can't accept things because, you know, it's hard. The, the, the government says it's okay, so we have to say it's okay when has the government been, been 100% truthful to us? When? In all of the world before the United States, when have they looked out for our best interest? Sometimes, not all the time, most of the time not. Most of the time they're looking out for their pocketbooks. Let's be realistic here. But it's, it's and I'm not talking, I'm not, trying, I'm not being political. That's all of them, all around the world. But the thing is, we, we, we as a church affirm this corrupt ideology that, and, and, and we allow it to infest us when, when we, when we don't even, and we don't even know what's going on. We have, we have this acceptance attitude that we can't offend you, so we'll just accept it. That's misconstrued because at the end of the day, we should accept people with these sin issues into the church. We shouldn't expect them to drop these sin issues to come into the church because that's the, that defeats the purpose of the church. Let them come in. Obviously, we want people that have, that have the issues. We want people that, that, have, that, are, that don't know Christ and they're far from And when you get those people, you're going to have these issues. But then we also have to be strong enough, strong enough in the word that we, we have guarded ourselves from, from the corruption that, that, won't, that likes to slide in with it. We have to put that barrier up. But at the end of the day, we're, we're called to love the person, not the sin. And if we do that, God will take care of the sin. We'll ta- we just take care of the person. At, at the end of the day, that's, that's, that's what we're called to do. And, and why not, in this, in this context, going back to this, why not would, would the devil not use this to get to us? God intended for it to be between a husband and wife in the, in the sanctity of marriage, and it all resembles, our, uh, all resembles our relationship with God because God, because the devil just loves to attack the church because of what other way? The enemy, the enemy uses this, uses our fleshly desires 
and it's, don't get me wrong, it's not wrong, it's not wrong to, to want to to want this. It's not wrong to want to have these these intimate relation an intimate relationship. It's the context of the relationship that we, that we have to guard ourselves with. But the enemy, the enemy, so the enemy can't kill us directly. He would kill you directly if he could, so we don't have, so we can't have a relationship with Christ. So he uses things that God intends for good to get to us. He he likes to destroy our bodies, and I, as the scriptures say, like this this sin, the sexual sins destroy your body. It changes the way we're wired. It changes the way we th- we think when we when we get in this loop. It changes everything. And then, not to mention all all the all the side effects that you can that you can you can get in as well. If the devil can't kill us directly, he will he will give us the tools to destroy our bodies ourselves. That because he wants nothing more than to remove the possibility of you having a relationship with him, with God. If he can use this, use what God intended for good for you to remove you to give you the tools to go to kill yourself in this context. Because what. What do you? What do we see in our society? We have an immoral society that that has that has gotten in, the, in this sex culture and in this loop where we where we where we affirm everything, we accept everything. Depression is higher than ever. Suicide rate higher than ever. It doesn't get better when we start accepting the sin. It gets worse and worse and worse. And the thing is, the devil loves suicide. He loves your depression. He loves it. He absolutely wants you to kill yourself. Because if you kill yourself, you, he, he removed the possibility of somebody reaching you or Christ reaching you. That's, and that's why he does it. And th- this type of sin, it affects us to a point where, where we don't know what to do with ourselves. So we get following this, this cycle of depression, this cycle of despair. There's no way out, so we end it for ourselves. And then all of a sudden, boom, we can't have a relationship with Christ because we took that away. We allow we that to be taken away from us. But don't feel feel down about this if you're in this position, or if you or if you have been in this position and have and have gotten out of it, because if ver, verse eleven says some of you were once like that, but you were cleansed, you were made holy, you were made right by God, you were made right with God by calling out the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and and by the Spirit of God. There's hope, there is peace in this, and we we can we can we can still find this hope in verse verse. 10, uh, or verse 13 in chapter 10, we'll, we'll read real quick as well. I think it's, a, it's, a, it's important to me. I know we'll end up reading it a couple week, in a couple weeks from now. might be a month from now, depending on how fast, Ryan, how fast Ryan preaches over the next couple times. Verse 13 says in chapter 10, The temptations in your life are no different from what others experienced, and God is faithful, and, and he will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When... When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you so that you can endure. The thing is, the devil can offer that link. We can take that link. But all, he's offering it to us on this side. There's a way out on this side. But the thing is, if we know Christ, we know the way out. Because at the end of the day, even when we're wrapped in that chain that we that we allowed the enemy to build all we put them links in and the and the devil wove it together, we know that they're that we still not know, and we still have that that chain breaker. His name is Jesus Christ. He can break our chains. He can break us out of this cycle and make, and remove remove these links that we can't do. And He knows you put them on yourself, and He knows you took them, but He accepts you. He loves you. Just like just like you and I, 
the saints that went before us, and even in, in biblical times, they faced these issues. They faced the same issues that we face today. It's just not, well, they just didn't have social media in the news. They didn't have CNN. They didn't have Fox. They didn't have all this stuff blasting it out there in our face every day, right? They didn't have, the, they didn't have this crap thrown at us or at them. It was there. I mean, look, look at the Bible. We had some, of the, some of the greatest key players in the Bible were affected by sex. King David killed somebody to have his wife. You don't think that that is not bad? I mean, let's be realistic here. But look what King David went on to do. He was redeemed. Now, there's possibility. There's there's hope and there's peace in this process. We won't, like I said, like I've said before, and we'll say it each and every week. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. We won't. We want the sinners. We want the corrupted. We want the people that have problems and, and are the furthest from Christ to enter these doors. Not because they're in a church building, but because we have the chance to get to introduce them to Christ. Whether they accept it or not, it's not we, we can't make them accept Christ, but if we can offer it to them, we can love on them as a person. We can show them that there's something different, that there's a different way. We can show them that there's a peace that, 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 that breaks all understanding that's beyond our understanding that they, can, that they can achieve. So we want the sinners. We want them to come as they are. A lot, of church, a lot of churches over the years have, have had this, this problem. A lot of church people have had this problem. Let's be realistic. How many, how many people have heard it before? Well, they need to clean themselves up a little bit before they come. Okay, so you want the mud to come off my clothes before I put it in the washer? I can't do that. That's what the washer's for. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, I might spray it off with a hose pipe so I don't get the big chunks of rock in there, but let's be realistic here. Um, if we expect people to drop their sin before they come to church, well, they'll never come before we ever reach them. You'll, they'll never be here. We'll never reach anybody. We'll just be the same group that always is, that always is and has been, and we'll, just, and we'll just rotate in and out. Let's be realistic here. We don't want that. We want to see the same people come, come to church every week, but we want to see new people. We want to see these problems. These problems, Because if we see these problems, we know there's, there's a movement of God. Because if, we, if God's moving, people with problems will seek, out, will seek out the solution. That means they're seeing a way. They just don't know the, the, the path forward after they get to that way. They're, just, they're, they're looking for that help. Let's, let's do that because God's going to send those people one day. You're going to have people sitting next to you that, you know what, that are a complete different walk of life than we are. That, that, may, that they have all kinds of issues, not just sex sins, not just, not just thieves, not just drug issues. You're going to have problems sitting by you. It's how we respond after that as the church. It's how we love on them after that as the church. We, we're called to love on them like Jesus loved on us. Like I said, we, we, as the church, the Big C Church, we must not be afraid to also stand our ground, though. Because we will have those people come in, but you'll also have people come in with no intention of changing themselves, with no intention of listening to you, with no intention of listening to the, to the Word, with no intention of ever accepting Christ because they're so far, farly, farther corrupted. And let's be realistic, that's a lot of sinful people out there that are that way. They're not, they're not lost. They can, still be, they can still be reached. But we have to stand our ground and choose and choose and not choose the path of sorry you're offended about that so we won't talk about it anymore we're not going to do that we need to stand our ground as the church because you know what and like i said before the bible in its very nature is offensive when it comes to sin sin cannot stand the bible because you open it up and said hey here's the way man sorry not right we can't do that and you know what and if you and if you get if you're offended by this, or if you're offended by, by something that's said in, in any of the messages when we're talking about these sin issues and things like that, I'd ask you, read the Bible. 
read it. I'm sure you'll get even more offended. It probably says something a little harsher than what I than I, what I'll say. What Ryan will ever say. But it's it's true. There's nothing in that book that's not true. There's nothing in that book that's not true. It's funny because the same people that the same people the sorry it's a sidebar but the same people that tell us uh, that ball, that book's false, that book's not real. There's no such thing as God. They use the Bible to find archaeological to dig sites. If that if the, there's nothing true in the Bible, why do you use it to find these archaeological dig sites? Why do you use it to find to find these discoveries? Why do you use it to dig? Because it's a they they're. Like, it's not true, but it's a historical text. Since when has a Star Wars novel ever become a historical text? No, it doesn't. No different. That's not fiction if it's a historical text. If it's like that, don't get me wrong. There are historical texts that aren't true, but it's not, it's not fiction if they can use it to, to, validate, to validate things. Like they can use it to find these discoveries. Well, the Bible says there's a city here. Oh, wait, we dig a little bit. There was one. It was destroyed. It was this. Oh, Wow. It, it's that's that's the point. Sorry, this, I had a little sidebar moment on that one, but it, I always found found it cool to, I always found it cool to myself that they, they, the same archaeologists go, no such thing as God. They'll have a Bible on their bookshelf because they'll go, but it it gives us good coordinates. It gives us good tips to find this stuff. I always found it cool. It's kind of funny. It's funny how God, how God slides that in. You know, these people that are unwilling to read the Bible, they're having to read it to find this stuff, and then they turn turn around and go. Okay, there's a little more to this. There's a little bit more to this book. So, like I said, the Bible in its very nature is, is offensive. Everything in our, in our bodies call, tells us, we, tells us, hey, sin's good. Let's, our bodies tells us, tell us, hey, let's do this. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Our souls tell us, hey, check yourself, man. You're about to wreck yourself. Not good. Check yourself real quick. Not good. We aren't, st- as, a, as a church, globally, we haven't been standing our ground hard enough we've allowed this stuff in and now it's time to push this stuff out it's okay if we offend people because you know what as long as we're preaching out of the bible it is what it is there's always going to be somebody offended you can tell them good morning they might be that same person probably be offended but if we're speaking truth that offense will eventually fall down that they'll come back it's okay but we, at the end of the day, it's not it's not up to us to decide for them what their offense what their offense means. It's for us to give it to tell them the truth and allow the allow the the offended to make the decision on are they going to remain offended or are they go, or are they going to to move on. But because the devil loves offended people, he loves it when we're offended. He loves it when the church is offended at one another. He really does. Because offended people are easy to twist. They're easy to twist into action. They use it to twist into action. I'll just leave the church. I'll accept that. Sorry, but that's that, it's, it's the truth of the matter. Just look, just look at, just look at, at, at who leads our country. Let's look at who leads the, the, these world leaders. Let's look at some of these business owners. Look at all this. They're always offended and they're always screwing things up. Let's be realistic. Do we want to be always offended and always screwing things up? No, because we have we have the perfect solution. It's called, his name's Jesus Christ. That God. And God wants us to have a relationship with him. So God, God wants, God wants the, the offended. He wants the sinners. He wants you. He wants us to have a, a, want a willing relationship with him. Andy, if you will. I'm finishing up real quick. God wants this, this relationship. God can and 
God can and will destroy the chains. He can and will destroy those chains that, that we willingly we so willingly put on. He just asks one thing. Repent of your sins. Spend time with me. Spend time with me. He's not asking you to be perfect overnight. He's not asking for you to, to you to change yourself before you come to church. He's not even asking you to go to a specific church. He's just saying, he's just asking, spend time with me, my child. Spend time with me, my child. He just wants to have that relationship with us. So in each, in each and every day that we spend time with Christ, that we, we find that we want to spend more time with him. We want to read the Bible more. There's, a, there's always, a, there's a million Bible plans when you look at anything. Sometimes, you, especially when you're write, writing a sermon, you look up a scripture, you look up some, some reference stuff, and you, get, you always get a list like 4,000 different Bible plans. Some of them are good, some of them are bad, and if it works for you, that's great. But, it, but my, my, my take when it comes to a Bible plan, it's good to read daily, but if you tell yourself, I've got to read three chapters daily between these hours, you're not going to get it done. Not going to happen. Let's be realistic. You're going you're gonna to come to resent that time. But if you say, I'm going to just read the Bible between 8 and 9 and see what happens, you'll find that 8 to 9 turns into 8 to 10, 8 to 11. Then you find out, okay, I, I have to actually get work. I have to actually work, but I can listen to the Bible while I do my work. And you find out really quickly a few months later, I've been in the Word all day and I feel good. Oh, I finished the Bible. I've got another version to read. And every time you read it, you find something new, right? How many, how many of us have read the Bible? Uh, I've read it more than three times at least in, in multiple different versions, right? Have you always found something new in it? There's always something new. Every time I read through the Bible, every time I listen through the Bible that, that, sticks, it's, that sticks out goes, hey, that's what I'm speaking to you right there. And I'm like, I didn't know that was there. I've read this section. I've never seen that. It's funny because it's the living word of God. That's how it works. But each and every day we must strive earnestly to be more like, more like Jesus. And when we fail, when we fail and, we, and we will fail and we will mess up, but it's not over. We can keep going. We just pick ourselves up. God, God has Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And he sent the Holy Spirit to live within you, to lift you up in these times, to give you that strength, to give you that, that peace, that, that, that peace that lacks understanding. That peace that just pushes you through when you're like, I can't do this. You can't make it any further. To say no, to change, and just and and to push that relationship. So I'm going to ask you, if you guys, to stand. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna worship a little bit more, and we're gonna we're gonna close out in prayer. And I just want as as we worship, I'm, I'll be up front. I'll be up front. Um, pray, and, there's, and it's not not even just not even just for yourselves. There's somebody you know that that's affected and afflicted with these types of sins. There's somebody, there's somebody that you know that, that has these issues. It may be, it may be you. It may not be you. It doesn't matter. You're in a safe space. Is what it, you're in a safe space to t- to pray about it. I don't need to know. All I need, all I need to know is God and you need a meeting. It's okay. It's okay if you sin. I've sinned. I've screwed up in every way possible in my life for the most part let's be realistic here we've all done it we've all screwed up we've all sinned God redeemed us all there's nobody that's too that's too far gone there's nobody that God can't reach we just need the introduction so if, if it's you please if you need prayer you need somebody to pray with you I'll, I'll be up front I'm more than happy to pray with you but if not use your chairs your altar come to the front use the altar it doesn't matter
pray for the people you know that are, effect, that are affected by us. Pray for the people that are, that are that are going through these issues in society. We have we have people that we all know that we may all know that that are afflicted, thinking that they're something that they're not. We can pray for them. They don't even have to know we're praying for them. It's just it's the inter- intercession on behalf of somebody really does a lot. Does a lot more than you realize. So I. I, I I would encourage you to pray for these people. It's not falling on deaf ears. God's opening doors. We can't make people crawl through the door, but we can open the doors for them. So we're going to pray for that.